Women Taking the Lead, Episode 63. You always need to be moving. You always need to be changing. You always need to be learning because you're either going uphill or you're going downhill. You can never just coast. That just doesn't happen. So always keep trying to get better. Lifelong learning. It's definitely one of the the big principles I live by. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to get the solutions to your top five leadership challenges. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Michelle Raber, who is an insurance agent and registered representative with the number one insurance company in America. She's worked for the same company for over 22 years, starting in Maine and then moving to New York for six of her 10 years as a corporate employee in human resources and as a technical assistant. Now, this is something we understand about Maine, that you can take the girl out of Maine, but you can't take Maine out of the girl. And after getting married in Scarborough, Maine in 2000, she moved to the same town in 2001. And with the help of a great mentor, she made the decision to leave the corporate world and open her own agency in Scarborough in 2003. Since opening her business, she has earned many national awards, mentored four co-workers to help them open their own businesses or move up within the organization, and loves the work she does with the people she works with. She's happily married to Jeff for 15 years and loves to take their two dogs, Jack and Bodie, on walks on the weekends. Michelle, that's a little intro for everyone. So tell us more about you and your own humble beginnings. Hey, Jody, Thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, a little bit more about me, I think, just to let people know me a little bit better. I am one of four kids, uh, but I'm the only girl. So I think that always brings a little bit of toughness or standing up for yourself when you've got three brothers that are um, quite competitive. So as you get to know me, you'll know I really love sports, love goal setting stuff, being outdoors. I think all of that is how I grew up. And my father owned his own company. He and my uncle started a construction company. So I think just from an early age, I saw the power of owning your own business. And I think I heard a really amazing statistic that most small business owners or entrepreneurs, their parents um, also were small business owners. So you get to watch and learn from the people that you look up to so much. So it was nice to watch my dad and ask him for advice as I opened up my business about 12 years ago. But I'm just happy to be in Maine. I really feel very connected to the community that I live in. And what was important when I opened up my business, I always wanted to live in the community that I served. So when all of those ducks lined up in a row for, you know, getting married in Scarborough and then moving to Scarborough almost to the day one year later and then getting the opportunity to take over an agency in 2003. I feel like the stars aligned and and we are where we should be. So life is good. So that's a little bit more about me. I love that. And, you know, something I know about you, Michelle, also um, that wasn't in your bio is you're also president of your the Scarborough Chamber of Commerce. And it's not the first time you've held that position as well. Right. 
And that isn't uncommon for you. You are often finding yourself in leadership positions in whatever organization you choose to become involved in is something I, I notice about you. Like you may dabble with, yeah, that's interesting. I'll, I'll get involved or I'll do this. And you quickly find yourself in a leadership position. I don't know how that happens, uh, but it just does. Yes. So <laughs> I have, uh, I, I have just started being the president for another two-year run for our Chamber of Commerce. We had our vice president who got a different assignment at work, and uh, we kind of had a like a, a leadership gap, you know, in between. Our succession planning wasn't as strong as it could have been, so uh, they asked me to step in, and happy to do so. It's a lot of work, but it's nice to give back to the community, so that that's really what it usually comes back to. Yeah. And, and, and knowing you, you and hearing your story, like you've clearly had success in your life. You're doing very well. You've taken on new things and seamlessly it appears. But take us back to a time when you were playing small and you may not have been aware of it at the time. Share with us the story and the lessons you've learned. Uh, well, thank you so much for saying it seamlessly, or it looks that way. It, it never is, as I think most anybody could uh, attest to. Um, but a, a great example, I think, of playing small, um, I, I think as you, you know, get to know yourself and your work, you find out that there's things about you that you're good at and you're not so good at. So for me, uh, Jody, you and I have talked about this a lot, number crunching, the the attention to detail. So I had an opportunity. I was talking to a client who owns multiple businesses and he did not have any type of retirement plan for the three businesses that were interconnected. So I met with him and we filled out a a fact finder, you know, just so I could find out more about him and his businesses sent it into my corporate offices to help design a retirement plan. And then I got it back and there's all this detail and I just froze, paralyzed, didn't do anything. And so really lost the opportunity for the sale. And hopefully, you know, I could have jeopardized the relationship with the client just with freezing and not being able to get myself unstuck to reach out to him and offer him some solutions that I had right at my fingertips. Oh, that's huge. And you know, Michelle, I think a lot of people who are listening can also relate to that where this incredible opportunity comes your way, but there's something about it where you have to venture into new territory or stretch yourself or be something that you haven't been before. And rather than really diving into it, like, a lot of times we shrink back mm-hmm. out of fear. Um, and that that happens to so many of us. And it, it's kind of tragic. But tell us what you've learned from that experience and how you apply it to your day-to-day now. I have learned, I think I still find myself, I, I don't think you ever get over that, you know, those playing small moments. It's really more how quickly can you recognize them? How quickly can you, you know face the fear, feel the fear, and then move forward and do something anyways. So that wake-up call, I think um, two things helped me out a lot. I read a great book. uh, It's John Maxwell. I don't remember the name of the book, but he just talked about if you know what your strengths are, 
that's what you should focus on. If you are at a seven and you work on your strengths, you can become a nine and become very powerful. If you're a three, and let's say you can only ratchet yourself up two points, you're only going to get to a five. So you need to embrace your strengths, embrace your weaknesses, and just find ways to push forward with that. So I guess my wake-up call for me is to always recognize those and just keep learning. So when I do feel like I'm hitting that wall or facing that fear, okay, just remind myself, okay, what have you learned? How have you changed? What spirit of service are you coming from? You can get through this and do the right thing for the client. And that has really helped, um, I guess, minimize those paralyzing moments. But I just don't think they ever completely go away. It's just how quick, how quick do you work through them? Mm-hmm. And I think a good point, because you and I have chatted about this before as well, that it takes a lot more effort and energy to go from a three to a five than it does to go from a seven to a nine. Agreed. Because chances are you're a three in an area you really never had a desire to get better at. Right? So <laughs> now you're working against your own passions and your wiring and what you're good at. And it's it can be painful just to get to a five. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I will avoid stuff I don't like to do. So you're right. The energy and effort is much, much bigger than to work on something different. Mm-hmm. And what do you do when you come across like, you know, clients where like you get a report and you it's a lot of numbers? How do you approach that now? For now, what I'll do is I have found the resources, whether it be colleagues locally or I have amazing corporate resources, and I will have them walk me through the numbers. You know, really, you know, pretend I'm an engineer and I want to, you know, go through the numbers line by line, you know, walk me through it so I understand it and so I can translate. Different people communicate differently. Some people only want a high level and don't want the number crunching. So I need to be prepared for however the person I'm giving the information to wants to receive it. So I know the way that I naturally would want to. So I'm good at that piece. How can I get the Mm. experts involved to help me get the other piece and I'll be ready for whichever way the conversation goes. And just that preparation comes power. And so Mm. I can really focus on the client in our conversation, and then we can get to the best result for him or her. Yeah. And that lends confidence too mm. when you, when you feel secure in your own understanding. And in this case, it's the numbers, but it can be anything when you're going into a meeting or a presentation where you have to know it inside and out, when you get that down, it lends so much confidence. Truly. Oh yes. Very much so. All right. Now, Michelle, share with us a time in your journey when you had another wake up call. Take us back to that moment and share with us the steps that you took that led to your success. Another wake up call. I remember I was new to owning a business and I knew that I could take things to the next level, but I wasn't exactly sure how. And I remember sitting with a a great consultant um, that our company had, and 
he sat down with two of us, a colleague of mine and myself, and he really showed uh, this scorecard that our company uses to track production. And so uh, I had it as my goal, you know, I want to be uh, part of our chairman's circle. I want to be in the top 5% of all agents across the country, but I need to figure out how. So bringing in those experts, you know, yet again. And so he really showed me how to really work this program. What are the opportunities out there for you to like break down your business into five or six categories and really focus on, well, what am I doing fantastic in? What am I doing okay in? And what can I ratchet up? And once you know the target to shoot for, what you're doing well at, and what you need to do to reach those goals, then you can achieve them. It was really quite remarkable to, to have things broken down um, and then really sit down with the team, like paint that vision, um, create the action plans, and go for it. So I'm proud to say we've done it uh, three times. We've qualified for that chairman circle level um, with three different teams as well. So it shows uh, really the power of, you know, vision, planning, action plan, and then celebrating those results. Mm, absolutely. And you know, what's interesting, this story, you, you're kind of taking it to how important it is to have a big picture, mm -hmm. too, right? And you're playing small moment. It's like, don't be afraid of the details, like, you know, go into the details, but go with guidance, right? So you're not alone, <laughs> yeah. get, getting caught up in the details. And now what was really helpful for you, what how someone guided you through was to take a step back and look at everything, mm -hmm. and look at where your strengths and your weaknesses were and where, what you could leverage. And then you went into the detail of creating the plan and the milestones that were going to take you there. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. It was so helpful. So, so helpful. Otherwise it just feels too big. Right. Right. And it was a plan you could, you could um, replicate with three different teams with the same result that you qualified for the chairman circle. Yeah. It's interesting though, the three times we've qualified, We've done it. You can get, it's a point system. So there's some times where I've done better in our life insurance area and got a ton of points, you know, for our scorecard there. There's other times where I did really well in our health insurance area or our banking area. So it's really looking at not only like, how are you doing this year, but the strengths of your team and just being able to adjust as you mm -hmm. go to make sure it might be a different path, but you can still get to that same win at the end. Mm. And that's interesting to also note because you have led so many different people, right? Who had different strengths and different personality types that they brought to the table. When you were talking earlier in the example about the importance to know what your strengths are and to leverage those as a team leader, you also have to know what your team's strengths are and leverage those. And when your team changes, then everything shifts. It's a different dynamic. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be very adaptable uh, and kind of quick on your feet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much so. <laughs> to know, because I, I, I know for you, like whenever there's someone new coming in, it's like, okay, let's get to know them. Let, let them get to know us. Let's figure out what they, how they want to contribute. And I think that's really interesting. And a, a great approach you also bring to your team is asking them, how do you want to contribute? Mm-hmm. 
you know, so that they, they, you know, sometimes they come up with things that you wouldn't have necessarily assigned them because it's not like a love task for you, right? It's not something you enjoy, but that person does enjoy it. And so I remember one time you were telling me you have someone on your team who would sit and make phone calls all day long Mm -hmm. and love it. And not everyone is wired that way. Right. But if you if you hadn't asked this person, how do you want to contribute? What what do you want to do? How what is an ideal day for you? You might have never known that. Right. Exactly. That's, yeah. And having the team, I mean, they're part of the interview process as we bring someone new in. And I usually try and interview our, you know, new team uh, teammates. I'll try and do a morning interview. And a late afternoon interview. I want to see them at different times of the day. How is their energy level? I want to take them out to lunch. How can they chit chat when they're not in a formal interview environment? I want to Mm -hmm. interview them over the phone because so much of insurance stuff is done over the phone. And I really just want to know their whys. Why do you want to work in this industry? Why why are you, why did you choose the path that you're taking? And uh, knowing people's whys, I think, is so important to then tap into the magic is if their why matches in with my agency's why or my culture well then we've got a great symmetry or a great energy to kind of launch us forward with that new passion and that new energy that's going to come to the team and that is a great segue because the next thing I was going to ask you about is your leadership style. And you've heard me talk enough about in your listener of the podcast as well yes. that, you know, my belief is it's great to have all different leadership styles. And it's usually where we usually get awkward and we have a hard time when we're trying to adopt somebody else's style. But again, if we can know what our strengths are, know what we're good at, know our style and really bring that forth that's what can help make us a successful leader. So Michelle, how would you describe your leadership style? You are so right about leadership style needing to be authentic to you. Uh, Totally agree with that. Mine is more of a collaborative style where I am going to, I'm going to paint a general vision. So let's say I sketch out the outline, but I'm going to work with my team to kind of color in the spaces to help really fine tune the details on what we're going to do and how we're going to get there. I've tried when I first opened my business and I thought I needed to be this number crunching, you need to make 25 calls a day and you must have 10 appointments. And I had a coach that was trying to send me down that path and it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel authentic and we did not get our best results. And so when I finally started working with a better coach to really help me tap into, well, who are you, Michelle? What are you all about? What are you trying to accomplish? How are you trying to take care of your people? Whether your people being your team, your clients, the company that you work for, that is a much more authentic place to come from, a much better energy. And and I feel like our results have have really taken off since since doing Mm -hmm. that. And what is one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about? Right now, I'm really celebrating. I just finished taking um, a bunch of insurance courses to achieve my chartered financial consultant designation. Um, So that was a tough, long climb. It had been on my to-do list for probably eight years, but 
working with a great coach like you, Jody, you help me stay on track and get it done. So uh, I leave for two weeks to go to uh, Hawaii for our graduation ceremony. I get to bring my husband, Jeff, and then we're going to extend our trip out to wine country and hang out with um, some of my husband's family out there. So that's a big, fun thing to celebrate after a lot of work. And you know what, that that's a really great point. Because one thing I noticed that women don't do enough is celebrate, right, their achievements, we're all we're always tending to dismiss it to say we should have, you know, it's not worth celebrating, because we should have gotten that done a while ago, right? So we, we miss the opportunity for celebrating, or, well, anyone can do it. So why celebrate? So it's awesome that you're getting this opportunity after eight years to go to Hawaii and Sonoma, but eight years working on this, that's a lot of work, you know, to stay engaged and to keep going, because a lot of it is self study. And that and a lot of it was number crunching. right? <laughs> so that can be that can be pretty brutal. How did you celebrate along the way to keep Keep your momentum and your energy up. Um, well, it's funny. I had it on my list of things to do for eight years, but probably it was only when I started working with you, Jody, that you kind of held me accountable to it. So it's probably been over the past three years that I did it. And I think it's knowing the cycle of my business, where I would do my classes during the winter months when there's more downtime, and I would take time off and celebrate and enjoy during a beautiful Maine summer, you know, beautiful Maine fall. So I'd really try and cluster my courses during the the down times uh, to be able to, you know, be able to focus on my business, focus on home, but then focus on this class. And uh, just knowing, I guess the end result, I always wanted to, I went to a great seminar and the instructor talked about how when you're green, you grow. And when you're ripe, you rot. And so just a, a kind message of you always need to be moving. You always need to be changing. You always need to be learning because you're either going uphill or you're going downhill. You can never just coast. That just doesn't happen. So the coursework really, what could I do to be smarter? What could I do to be better for my own retirement planning, for my clients' retirement planning, for uh, my team that I work with, how can I just continue to get better? Because there's so much still to learn, but always keep trying to get better. Lifelong learning, it, it's definitely one of the, the big principles I live by. Mm, and that's huge. And another thing I want to underscore is that you mentioned again, like having that vision of what will life be like at the end, right? Like, like when this is done, how, how will I feel? What will I do then? So for you, the, the sense I'm always getting is it's really important for you to have a picture of the end goal. Yes. And well, just on Friday, I met with a client who he's 58 and is taking an early retirement from a local company that's doing some layoffs. And we're into, you know, he wants to trust me with his entire life savings and make this work to stretch out you know, until, you know, the rest of his retirement life. And this could be an easy spot for me to, oh my gosh, we're number crunching, face the fear, you know, like, mm -hmm. and, and not, you know, be ready for it. But going through the coursework, knowing how to, you know, address myself better in that, uh, we had a great meeting on Friday. We 
at our first appointment. I said I'd be ready in two weeks to give him follow-up feedback, and we stayed right on course. So uh, the coursework, uh, learning from that um, yucky experience earlier in the year, I, you don't have to repeat past mistakes. And so it's, it's really empowering to be able to move forward through that. Mm, and there's gold in not getting it right the first time, right? Because yes. what I'm hearing now is you have a system in place mm -hmm. where you now set a deadline and hold yourself accountable to that. Like you publicly tell your client, mm -hmm. this is what this is when you'll hear back from me. Yes. It doesn't float. That's huge. Yeah. All right, Michelle, now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice that helps to make you a better leader? Hmm. One practice that I like to do is every year to go through with you, my coach, what did we do well this year? What were some missed opportunities? And then planning for the coming year. I think that chance to look back, celebrate, as we were talking about before, but also recognize, you know, we, we dropped the ball a little bit or we could have done this better. And as we do planning for the following year with that hindsight, it really helps push momentum moving forward into the coming year. So taking that time, I guess, for myself as a leader with a good coach to help really crystallize my thinking. So then when I do an annual planning meeting with my team, because I always want their input as I'm setting the goals for the coming year, if I have clarity and vision in my mind, again, paint the picture and try and have them, you know, fill in what, you know, their insights are. We just have that much more momentum moving forward. So just that reflection and then vision moving forward, I think is um, a very worthwhile practice. And what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? My favorite book right now is The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. Um, I have read it probably three times in the past two years, and I get more and more from it every single time I read it. And uh, I was down in Florida earlier this April, and it talked about, the book talks about the power of compounding interest, um, and it talks about this flower. It's called the water hyacinth, where it doubles you know, it sprouts every single day. So it looks very small. It doesn't look like it's going to, you know, do anything. But with the compounding interest, after a month, it could take over an entire pond. So I was on this riverboat cruise with my family, and the riverboat captain shows us the water hyacinth. It is sitting mm -hmm. in this river bend and was talking about now his complaint was how invasive it was and if it wasn't pulled out then it would take over this entire bend of the river um, so he was looking at it in a bad way where if you look at the power of compounding interest and those daily disciplines what can you do to take you to success whether it be personally or professionally that's the power of the slight edge and that's why I like it so much it's very manageable. What are little things to do every single day? It's easy to do. It's easy not to do. But if you do them, that compounding effect will be huge. 
Yeah. And just to, I love that book too. And just to, to give some insights, what are some, what are some of the things like the um, daily disciplines, you know, if you had one or two that you would say have made a huge difference in your success, what are those? Um, for me, it's getting 15 minutes of activity every day. So that's more on the personal side, but that energy level, I think, helps you professionally as well. Um, other daily disciplines, because I not only read it myself, but I actually had uh, my team read it. We did it as an exercise together. So they set their own daily disciplines that I can now talk to them about. You know, are you talking to three people today about, you know, each and every day about life insurance and the importance of it protecting your family? Are you doing five auto quotes a day, you know, so we can have some new clients join our family? Are we sending one thank you note a day to an existing customer just to thank them for their business, congratulate them on a milestone that they've hit? Um, just those things to make someone's day and uh, keep keep the momentum moving forward. Mm-hmm. Just as easy to do as it is easy not to do. Exactly. That's what I love about that. Mm-hmm. All right. And Michelle, what advice would you give your younger self? Oh, I would probably tell myself to be kinder to myself. I um, can have that tendency to, I guess, want to, you know, be that perfectionist, you know, so if you know, a client conversation didn't go well, or, you know, I didn't do as great of a job as I thought I should have done on a presentation. I could really beat myself up for, you know, not, not doing what I thought, you know, should be this unattainable level of success. So I think just, um, just reminding yourself, you know, reminding my younger self, you did your best. You did your best with the knowledge that you had, the experience that you had, you know, at that time. And as long as you can say that you did your best, then that was your best. So uh, that would be my definite thing I would say to my younger self and continue to say to my older (laughs) self (laughs) moving forward. I love that. All right, Michelle, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. I love the Zig Ziglar quote. I have it, actually, I had it written on my office wall so I can see it and my clients can see it. And it is to the effect, you can have everything you want in life if you help uh, other people get what they want. And so when I come from that spirit of service, when I sit down with someone, it's not it's not to sell them something. It's to talk to them and create a safe space for them so they can tell me their story and what they're worried about and what keeps them up at night and what they want to accomplish. And then with the amazing company I work for and all the different solutions, some of them insurance related, some of them not, but what can I do to help this person? And if I talk to enough people, then I'll help them get what they need and then we'll enjoy all the success in the world. So I I love that quote. Mm. And lastly, what is the best way for those listening to connect with you? Oh, I've got a a website um, so they could look at www.michellerayber, R-A-B as in boy, E-R.com. 
Um, that has pictures of me and my dogs, pictures of the amazing ladies that I get to work with every day, um, and tells a little bit more about the company I work with, who I am, uh, and what I do. So that would probably be the best way for them to find me. Perfect. And you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com or you can use the short link, which is womentl.com. Michelle, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thanks, Jody. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Were you inspired to take some action today, but maybe don't know where to start? Or maybe you have so many great ideas you can't decide where to focus your attention. Don't let stress or overwhelm stop you from having the career, the business, or the life you want to live. Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching or use the short link womentl.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.